I'm Martine Powers. This is an election update from Post Reports. Ginsburg's death leaves the court with just eight justices going into election day. Five nominated by Republicans and three nominated by Democrats. There has been so much conversation about the implications of this vacancy, how it will affect voters, how it will affect Senate races. But the Supreme Court could also play a major role in the election itself. We're in very unusual times. More Americans are going to be voting by mail uh, than ever before and for the first time and possibly making mistakes filling out those ballots, which will open the door to just much more litigation and a possible role for the Supreme Court. I'm Ann Maromo, a reporter at The Post, where I cover legal affairs at the federal courts. Even before her death, uh, we saw several lawsuits from the various states ending up at the Supreme Court over how voters are going to cast their ballots in the pandemic. So the question is, what happens as more of those possibly reach the high court either before the election or even after the election? And what are some of the issues that we're seeing come up in the cases that are being brought to the Supreme Court? Like, what what are the issues related to voting that are being hashed out? Right. So because we're in the middle of a pandemic, you're seeing some states trying to make it easier for people to cast ballots by mail and not have to go in person and risk exposure to coronavirus So we see in some states, Democrats um, trying to lower barriers to voting um, when it comes to requirements for absentee ballots, like uh, witness signatures and also postmarks. There's questions about what happens when someone uh, sends their ballot in, you know, by election day, but it arrives afterwards. And then we're seeing, in some cases, Republicans going to court to try to keep in place uh, the current voting rules. And how have we seen the court ruling so far on those kinds of questions? Yeah, so far, the Supreme Court has, it seems, tried to sidestep controversy and really defer to what the local officials are doing. So we've seen a couple cases, one out of Alabama, where they split five to four, uh, not to lift some of the strict rules in place, for instance, requiring a photocopy of your identification with your mail-in ballot. But on the other hand, in Rhode Island, we saw the court reject an effort by Republicans to keep in place strict witness requirements. So it seems like they've deferred to local and state officials as much as possible in those cases so far. So then... What could potentially happen now or what are the scenarios with how the the court could rule going forward, both with the possibility that this will be an eight-person court on Election Day or that it could be a nine-person court with a new justice uh, appointed by President Trump? One of the things I'm most interested in is because of the pandemic, 
election law experts say we're going to see a massive increase in the number of Americans voting by mail for the first time. And with that, they expect there will be more mistakes and people having problems filling out their ballots correctly. And that opens the door to the possibility of just much more uh, litigation in the courts after the election, with courts trying to figure out you know, how whether they should count ballots that are not filled out correctly or maybe arrive after election day. Um, usually, there, there are often these types of disputes, but they get hashed out at local canvassing boards and in state courts. So the question is, do any of these rise to the level of the high court? And looming all of the, over all of this, of course, is Bush v. Gore, um, the famous Florida meltdown uh, in the 2000 presidential race between George Bush and then Vice President Al Gore with um, the Supreme Court essentially deciding the outcome of that race. And that's very much on the minds of the justices who want to uphold the integrity and sort of independence of the Supreme Court and I think don't want to be um, damaged by a public perception that they're involved in, in partisan politics. And this is just a question of logistics, but if there's not a new justice confirmed to the court by the beginning of November and it's an eight-person court, if they split 4-4, what happens to those decisions? Who decides? In the case of a tie, a 4-4 four four tie, that means that the court would be upholding whatever the lower court decided. So then nothing changes. It's just the decision goes back to what was previously done by a lower court. That's right. But the the various court watchers and experts we talk to think that particularly Chief Justice John Roberts, who's emerged really as a moderating central force on the court, will not want to be seen as taking a, a partisan role in choosing the president. So I think that they would work very hard not to have a four to four split on something so critical to our democracy. And if there is a new justice by then, a justice who obviously will be nominated by President Trump, and it ends up being something like a 5-4 decision where that justice becomes critically important in changing the game for the election, I I think that the political appearances of that could be even more grave and could have a really lasting impact. If you have a president who chooses a justice in the days before the election, and then that justice is a critical part of why that president is reelected. Absolutely. So I think the uh, judicial ethics rules mean that that justice would not necessarily have to recuse from such a decision. But I could see a situation where senators uh, questioning the nominee during the confirmation process perhaps ask that very question you know, would you, Trump nominee, agree uh, not to be involved in such a decision when your nomination you know, depended on, on President Trump? And how do you think this situation, both in terms of the legal precariousness of this election, but also the fact that this is opening up at such a critical moment, how do you think that might affect the future of the Supreme Court and how we view the Supreme Court? On the Supreme Court right now, there are only two justices who were also involved in the 2000 Bush v. Gore decision, and that's Clarence Thomas, who was in the majority, and Stephen Breyer, who dissented and believed that the recount could have kept going. 
So even though only two remain on the court from the 2000 decision, every single one of those justices is aware of how the court is viewed and its reputation. And again, particularly Chief Justice Roberts is interested in maintaining the reputation of the court. So that will be very much on their minds um, as they decide you know, whether to get involved. The question of whether one of these cases ends up at the Supreme Court also really depends on just how close the race is itself. I think if it's not close, um, then we won't see as many of these challenges. But if there are a large number of problematic absentee ballots, if the margin is tight in a small number of states, that could really open up to aggressive litigation that could keep going right up until the Electoral College and possibly beyond. Anne Marimo covers legal affairs for The Post. President Trump is moving rapidly in the process of nominating a new justice for the Supreme Court. He said Tuesday he will announce his choice on Saturday. And it appears that Republicans have the votes they need to go ahead with confirmation. Senator Mitt Romney, who had been considered one of the few possible defectors, announced Tuesday that he believes President Trump should get to choose a replacement. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening. <laughs>